today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The reason as to why God would inspire Paul to write this is so that God's people would be prepared for what's coming. Not only does this serve as a sign of the time of the end, but so too does it prepare us for what comes in the end. In addition to preparing us, it's also protecting us. From the details of your life to the big issues, you, like most people, probably like to be prepared for what's coming your way. Well, today, Pastor J.D. talks you through what to look for before Jesus returns. You'll learn that God wanted you to have this list so that you'll be ready for Jesus and aware of what can entangle you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Timothy chapter 3 as he begins his message, Terrible Times. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, and by the Holy Spirit says, verse 1, but mark this, there will be terrible times, perilous times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, verse 5, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Well, I chose to title today's teaching, Terrible Times. And this for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that it is an apt description of these, the last days that we are living in today. Actually, truth be known, the title of Terrible Times is in some ways an understatement, given the meaning of this word in the original language of the Greek New Testament. This word translated terrible, or as some of your translations render it, perilous or fierce, is the word that is used to describe two demon-possessed men. We have the account in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 28, We're told when he, speaking of Jesus, arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs, how creepy is that, met him. 
They were so violent, same word, treacherous, perilous, terrible, that no one could pass that way. I wanted to begin this way because it's going to be germane to our understanding of what Paul is writing here. The word for terrible or violent here in Matthew 28 carries with it the idea of fearful, dangerous, fierce, perilous, and dare I say, insane, demonic. (laughs) That's, hello! (laughs) That's what we're living in today. This day, the last days is today. This is exactly what's happening. Now, I point this out because the Apostle Paul lists 19 characteristics that will mark the last days. And the mark, the characteristic of the last days with all of these 19 is that they will be fearful, full of fear and peril. That is what is going to mark the last days, the last moments of world history as we know it. And let me define that and expound on that when I say that. The last moments of world history, I'm referring to the end of this age. And it'll start with the rapture. And then after the rapture, the seven-year tribulation will begin. And at the end of the seven-year tribulation is the second coming. And then the second coming will then end that final 1,000 years, the millennial reign known as the kingdom age. So we're at the end. Now what we're going to do is look at each of the 19 characteristics that are on this list, one by one. I should have you out of here by about two. (laughs) No, we'll go through them quickly. I know famous last words, but... Before we do, I need to draw your attention to what I see as an important why behind the what. In other words, why do we have what we have here in God's Word? Why did God deem it necessary to inspire the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit to write this to Timothy and include this in the canon of Scripture? It has to be here for a reason. And I would suggest that the reason as to why God would inspire Paul to write this is so that God's people would be prepared for what's coming. Not only does this serve as a sign of the time of the end, but so too does it prepare us for what comes in the end. In addition to preparing us, it's also protecting us. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Don't you find it interesting that after Paul lists all 19 of these characteristics, that he doesn't say something to the effect of, with these people you need to reach them. 
He doesn't say that. He says instead, have nothing to do with them. Why would he say that? Oh, because it's a protection for God's people from the influence of these people. It's so that they don't corrupt us. And we just got done seeing where, and Paul likens it to spreading like gangrene or cancer. And this is a protection as well as a preparation for God's people. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians in his first epistle, chapter 15, verse 33, interesting, he said, do not be deceived. Why would the Holy Spirit inspire the Apostle Paul to write, do not be deceived, unless there was the propensity for people to be deceived? And we've talked about that at length as well. Do not be deceived and, listen, led astray. Bad company corrupts good character. Let me uh, just kind of parenthetically say, that (laughs) this was written to a pastor of a church. Timothy is a pastor, and this is a church in Ephesus at the time. Now why do I mention that? Because it's so easy as we go through this list to say, oh, those people. Wait a minute. This is written to the church. Oh, they rash, disobedient to parents, and you know, it's always about somebody else. Well, not so fast. This is for us, written to us. And I think it's incumbent upon us to view this through the lens of the Holy Spirit searching our hearts, Because truth be known, (laughs) this is talking about us in the last days. So let's get started. We're going to start off with this first one. It's a biggie. Lovers of themselves. I would suggest that we are living in a day of unparalleled, unmatched self-love selfishness. And it's evidenced by everything being man-centered. Listen, I, I have to confess that as a pastor of this amazing church, which is my privilege to be, this gives me pause. Because today, in these last days, you would be hard-pressed to go to a church and hear the Word of God taught, preached, and the name of Jesus even spoken. You know why? Because all the sermons are man-centered. And oh, by the way, so is the worship. Please know that it's not my intention to you know, come down hard and beat up and bash on. No. I'm only saying that this gives me pause, because the church today, the Laodicean lukewarm church today, has crafted and fashioned all of the worship around you. You know that song? I love that song. 
It's all about you, Jesus. Come on. No, it's not. It's all about you. Oh, the sermon is about you. It's, it's self-help. How to. I'm going to take it a step further and also suggest that everything else that follows on this list, it's the result of self-love and even self-worship. It's all about self. And we see this here with the second one on the list being that of lovers of money. Makes sense. Paul writing to Timothy in his first epistle, chapter 6, the most misquoted verse, I believe, in all of the Bible. It's the love of money, not money. It's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. And many that pursue it, pierce themselves through with many a sorrow. But see, it makes sense, because if I'm worshiping self, then money is all about me. And again, I, I hate to say it, but it has to be said, is this not manifested in the church today? It's all about self. It's all about money. This is one of the reasons why when we started the church, I really sensed from the Lord that we were not to receive an offering in the formal or traditional way. Nothing wrong with that. That we were just to have a box, and the only time we would ever talk about money is when we were at a place in God's Word, where God's Word talked about money, because of the abuses on the part of those who were all about the money. They're in the ministry for the money. It's all about them, and it's all about the money. And again, this gives me pause. But this explains it, doesn't it? It doesn't excuse it, but it does explain it. If it's all about self, and I love, I'm a lover of myself, then certainly what will ensue is that I will be a lover of money too. Third one, boastful. I mean, oh boy, I do have it in my notes, so I guess I'll stick to my notes and stay on message. This is social media. Thank you for saying amen. I just, I mean, we need look no further than to all the posts on social media that center on boasting and bragging about oneself. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, I really don't need to see a picture of what you're eating for lunch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Especially when I'm fasting. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that when you fast, every TV commercial is food? No, it's, it's deliberate. They know I'm fasting. I mean every single commercial. They don't even have the drug commercials when I'm fasting. Just food. Every single one. So I have to fast from the TV too. But again, doesn't this fit? If I love self, 
worship self, I'm going to boast about self. Listen, here's the thing. I am my favorite topic to talk about. Reminds me of that humorous exchange when somebody finally just says, oh, that's enough of me talking about me. You talk about me. Okay, let's move on before we get way too convicted here. It gets worse, by the way, just so you know. Proud. Now again, obviously, (laughs) if we love ourselves and boast about ourselves, we're going to become full of ourselves. Right? I mean, it's... But last time I checked, Pride still comes before the fall. Number five, abusive. Now, some translations render this word blasphemers, and it has this idea of profaning God, hang on to that, which is a result of exalting self. Now stay with me. The word profane, I think, maybe is misunderstood because it, it has this idea of making common, profaning, bringing down to a lower level. That is to profane, to make common. So let's take that understanding and that definition and put it, into the template of this word here. Is it not true that if I'm going to exalt self, in order to exalt self, I've got to bring down everybody but self, including God? By the way, sadly, this plays out in many a marriage relationship. We're going to talk about marriage in a moment where the man cuts down and condescends and talks down to the wife. You don't realize, husband, you're, you're just, she's dying inside. And then you wonder why she's the way she is. I'm reminded of that proverb. I want to say, ah, I forget chapter and verse, basically says this, that there are several things that the earth cannot bear up under. And one of those things in that list is a wife who is not loved by her husband, an unloved woman. Because you see, that's the way God made the woman, is to be loved. And so when the husband, in his folly and insecurity, brings her down, he's doing so to bring himself up. That's the why, if you will, behind the what. Number six. (laughs) Okay. Disobedient to their parents. Now at first read, you're going to read that and go, yeah, kids these days, right? Oh, this generation. Okay, well, wait a minute. Let's look a little bit deeper. Let's dig a little bit deeper. This 
is one of the clearest signs of the last days, the breakdown of the family. Think about it like this. The family relationship, the marriage relationship is a microcosm of our relationship with one another and our Heavenly Father. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, siblings. I hate to say it like that because, you know, (laughs) siblings means sibling rivalry. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, He's our Heavenly Father. Uh, Also, we're the bride of Christ. So I guess it makes some sense in some way, again, not to excuse it, but to explain it. This is why the enemy will do everything and stop at nothing to destroy the family. And he succeeded in large measure because of what the family represents. And look at society today. Look at the church today. Is it no wonder that we're in the condition that we're in? I mean, I, I deliberately chose not to include any statistics. I think this is depressing enough. We don't need more statistics, right? But they sh- surely bear out the statistics of families. We're talking about Christians here. Christian marriages, that are, that are still together? How about the children? Number seven, ungrateful. This is a biggie. I mean, they're all biggies, but this is a biggie biggie. <laughs> Any talk of people not having an attitude of gratitude has to include a discussion of the age of entitlement that we're living in. Oh, that was a... (laughs) And and again, I'm just as guilty as anybody. I know kids these days are so entitled. Okay, what about you? What about you? I'm owed this. I should have this. Of course you should, because it's all about you. So you're entitled. And with entitlement, out goes gratitude. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D., We hope you continue to be encouraged in your faith as we learn from the book of 2 Timothy together. One of the greatest lessons from this book is that it doesn't matter how young or old you are. If God calls you to something, answer His calling. He's faithful to use you and your giftings to further the kingdom in powerful ways. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. As always, we encourage you to keep studying the Bible on your own. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this series, you'll be able to find them at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Maybe as you've been listening today, you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may already read the Bible, you may even attend church, but have you surrendered your life to Christ? If not, today's the day to make that change. 
If you're not sure where to start, please visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is important. We also encourage you to be a part of a church. If you're ever in the Kaneohe area, we would love to have you join our church family. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.